This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, November 12, 2018. I'm Caleb Brown. Before he sent crude pipe bombs to prominent critics of the president, Caesar Syok threatened the life of Ilya Soman for comments he made on cable news. Soman maintains these kinds of threats don't create a clear pretext for government regulation of social media. We spoke last week. In April of 2017, you received some threats from uh, someone calling himself Caesar Altieri Randazzo on your Facebook page. And you were uh, had appeared on Fox News highlighting the relationship between opposition to immigration and in general public uh, ignorance of public policy issues. So what was the what did you say and what were the threats? Uh, what I said in the Fox News interview is that public ignorance of uh, important facts relating to immigration uh, contributes to opposition to immigration in important ways in both the U.S. and in some other countries. Uh, a good many people took exception to that since Fox News uh, has a large audience, much of which is uh, very hostile to immigration. Uh, and one of those people uh, was Cesar Altieri Randazzo, or at least a person calling himself out on Facebook. Uh, and on my Facebook page, uh, he posted a series of threatening comments and photographs uh, claiming that uh, he was going to kill me and my family uh, and uh, leave the bodies to be consumed by alligators in the Florida Everglades. This is accompanied by lots of pictures of alligators and also uh, torn up body parts and the like. Uh, we now know that Cesar Altieri Randazzo was in fact Cesar Altieri Sayoc, uh, the man who is currently charged with sending uh, mail bombs to some 13 or 14 public figures, um, nearly all of them liberals, uh, opposed to Trump administration in some way. Right. So um, the people who received it, uh, Joe Biden, uh, Barack Obama, CNN, um, Robert De Niro, among others. Uh, so. I guess, what do you take away from the fact that, uh, you know, Facebook was fairly unresponsive and, uh, you know, didn't seem like it really did anything uh, on your behalf, despite what is a pretty clear cut uh, issue, which is threatening someone's life? So I don't want to generalize too much from one case. However, we know from a lot of other evidence that uh, death threats and other threats of violence on social media are relatively common. Uh, they've gone back a long ways. This is not even the first time or the only time that I've received such threats myself. Uh, and in part, they're a product of the anonymity of social media where it's relatively easy to threaten somebody in an anonymous way. It's cheap. In most cases, you won't get tracked down or get caught. Uh, and this is a problem of longstanding, but journalists and other observers indicate that it has gotten worse since the rise of Trump and his uh, very nasty rhetoric towards many of his opponents. And Sayoc himself appears to have been, at least in large part, uh, inspired by Trump. It is also the case that both with Sayoc and with most other death threats of this kind, 
often uh, sites like Facebook and Twitter are slow to act, uh, as they were in my case and also in many other cases where SEOC, we now know, threatened dozens of other people on Twitter, possibly also some on Facebook. And in most cases, they did not act uh, or at least did not act very much until he was revealed as the pipe bomber this fall when obviously he attracted a lot more attention. Uh, in fairness, I think it's not easy for these large social media sites uh, to effectively police uh, threats when they have hundreds of millions of users with a wide range of different views. Uh, nonetheless, I do think they could do a better job of uh, barring death threats and threats of rape and other kinds of violence from their websites uh, than they do now. Uh, I think this should be easier to do than doing things like policing hate speech or the like, which I'm more worried of because uh, it should be easier to find an objective way to identify threats of death or violence than to identify hate speech or offensive speech uh, and try to separate that out from more legitimate political discourse because often one person's hate speech is another person's perfectly legitimate viewpoint. On the other hand, it's much harder to argue that a death threat is actually a legitimate and useful contribution to public discourse. So what evidence do you see that uh, the rise of Donald Trump has contributed to an increase in these kinds of threats. One is the testimony of numerous journalists and commentators, including ones on both left and right, uh, who report a massive uptick in threats of death and violence during the period of Trump's rise in the 2016 election and thereafter, uh, and that uh, this is unprecedented uh, in their experience. Uh, if you, uh, this was true certainly in my case, uh, but many people have had far worse experiences than mine. For those interested, uh, I would urge you to check out the article that David French, a conservative commentator on National Review, wrote about his experiences uh, when various Trumpist trolls went after him during and after the 2016 election. And there are many other cases like this. So it would be wrong to say that this problem is solely attributable to Trump. It long predates him. Uh, and it would be wrong to say that the people who make the threats aren't responsible for their own actions. They clearly are responsible responsible. However, Trump contributes uh, to the mood which uh, leads these kinds of people to think that such behavior is legitimate. Uh, and uh, as compared to uh, nearly all other comparably prominent politicians and public figures, uh, he has been much more willing to defend violence and justify violence by his followers. Uh, obviously, there is left-wing political violence and death threats as well, and uh, there are irresponsible left-wing figures also, but uh, none of them, at least in recent years, are as prominent and as influential as Trump is. So with all of those assertions as a backdrop, what is the policy in implication here. It would seem that uh, we just have a president of the United States who engages in a lot of sort of bombastic, harsh, uh, sometimes hateful rhetoric. Is that it? I don't think that there's a specific government policy that can fix this problem in the sense of a policy that forbids certain kind of speech or whatnot, or at the very least, any such policy is likely to carry very serious risks that I don't think would be acceptable. On the other hand, as I mentioned before, I think the big social media firms could do a better job of barring threats of violence from their sites. And more generally, uh, as voters and as citizens, we can do more to penalize policy 
politicians who engage in this sort of behavior. Uh, so uh, one reason why Trump persists in this behavior is that at least so far, he hasn't suffered a uh, very high or at least a high enough political price for it. If the political price becomes higher, then he and others might reassess their actions. Uh, there is no perfect solution to this problem. As I said before, we had death threats and threats of violence on the internet before Trump. And most likely, there will be some of it, uh, even if he disappears from the scene. And of course, uh, other demagogues might come to imitate his tactics. Uh, however, at the margin, we can improve the situation uh, both through specific policies at social media firms and also to uh, by imposing more severe political penalties uh, on politicians and other public figures who behave in this kind of a way. Ilya Soman is an adjunct scholar at the Cato Institute. You can rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. <laughs>